bitches It's a celebration, bitches What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Toronto Blue Jays? What's up? I'm sorry my voice is a little fucked up right now um, This will be, I guess, the final Blue Jay edition of the year uh, We might do another one, I don't know, like baseball edition later on Once playoffs wrap up but this is it. Um, Brian Smith joins me in the studio for this one. Uh, we get good and loose, and um, it was a fun one. It was kind of ther- it was kind of therapeutic. I don't know. I wouldn't say overly therapeutic. Uh, I've been watching the Jays like a hawk this year, and my goal was to enjoy the season because it was a building season. But um, you know, there wasn't a lot of optimism in the air this year. Uh, I think towards the end of the season, a lot of people started to take notice because there's no big names in the lineup. Uh, I guess when Candice Morales is your biggest uh, name, let's see, John, uh, Justin Smoke is the biggest name in your lineup, you're in trouble. But the kids made it, made it a little bit easier to watch. And I don't know, you can maybe say that <clears throat> this season, it all started on game nine. Oh no, sorry, game one where Josh Donaldson airmails a pitch, um, a throw from third to first, ends up in the 14th row of the Rogers Center. You could have said that was a a moment in the season. The first play of the season, pop fly, right field, and Curtis Grandison just boxed the the pitch, the box of the catch, and just can't make the first easy out. You could say that those are omens on the season, but I strongly believe that the season wasn't as bad as everyone will make it out to be. I believe that the Jays actually had a pretty successful season, depending on how you look at this rebuild or retooling, whatever they want to brand it as. I don't give the front office as much grief as some people do. I think they're doing a great job. And when you have one of the top five ranked farm systems in the majors, that's really good. And it's something that Jays have never really had. Um, so I am optimistic about next year. Next year won't be much better, but at least at least we'll see some names that uh, might look a little bit more familiar, uh, might be a little bit more used to the limelight. Uh, it's going to get better, folks. Don't worry. Hang in there. And, of course, the Blue Jay edition should be around for all of that. Um, okay, on with the show. I just wanted to, I wanted to throw a little bit in there just to start it this is a blue jay edition number three the final for 2018 i want to thank brian smith so much for joining us as well as we'll have the nhl preview season right before that and we might chime in with some playoff pool ramble all that and more thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the not after 30 podcast of the Nocturne 30 Podcast and your Toronto Blue Jays. What's up? We're back in the cut. Sorry about the delay, but I'm happy that I have the carnivore slash comedian himself, Brian Smith, in studio with me to talk Blue Jays. Brian, what's up, baby? What's up, man? It's been a while. It's been way too long. Yeah. Way, way too long. It's been a rough, rough little patch. The end of the summer was a rough patch, but we're back. We're here. Yeah, we're ready exactly. to bang this one out. 
Yeah, well, and there's a while where you didn't even want to talk Blue Jays there. So, oh, not true. As every podcast, let's cheers. Cheers. Mmm. <laughs> Goddamn. Um, Brian are sitting down. We cracked a bottle of Gibson's Canadian whiskey. Was not prepared for that. My throat is on fire. <laughs> so that's a thing. Yeah, there are worse <laughs> ones that you can have. It's true. I won that one, so it was free. It's hard to argue. Oh, yeah. It's better than Canadian Club. Oh, yeah. CC and uh, what's that? Alberta Premium? Oh. oh. <laughs> that stuff. You, you can't even poison people with that. No. It won't kill them. It'll just put them in a lot of pain. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. It's horrible. Brian, uh... As the time of this recording, the Blue Jays are about to start their last series in Tampa Bay of the season. Um, it's been a rough season. Yeah. Fourth in the American League East out of five teams. <laughs> um, could be worse. We could be Baltimore. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the saving grace. Uh, Baltimore and Toronto, the Battle of the Birds, a couple years ago were the top teams vying for spots. Yeah. And, and at that time, New York and Boston sucked. And my, how the tables have turned. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping, I think I wrote it down, but um, I was really hoping to go back to our first Blue Jay edition and nail out and, and bang out some of the the, pros, the um, possible predictions we had. I think I wrote some of them down, but... It was like Donaldson. You had Donaldson going to St. Louis. That was uh, your yeah. big one. And, yeah, uh, for sure. I, I thought, for, and he still might. He still <laughs> might. But... Um, I don't know, man. This season, like, for me in a nutshell, this season was better than last year. But yeah. but far from what Jays fans are used to the last little bit. How do you sum up this season for you? Uh, it's kind of what I expected it to be, right? Like, I didn't expect the Jays to compete this year. I think fans going into the year that expected the Jays to compete, I'm baffled by it. Like, to me, those aren't real fans. Those are fans that just kind of got on the bandwagon back in 2015 and have kind of ridden it since, and they don't really know the sport. They don't know our farm system. They, like, they're like, yeah, well, we got, we got like, a good farm system. The second we call them up, they're going to be great. And it's like, no, that's not the case. Not always right? how yeah. it works, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's typically not the case, right? Well, so. I, I was very optimistic going into this year with the idea that uh, Batista gone, um, there's going to be an opening. I, you know, I didn't think just with Batista gone that all of a sudden the Jays would be a playoff team, but I thought there was enough change there that it was going to be okay. Yeah, like I get that, but I, I thought there was enough change that we'd be a 75-80 win team. Right, right, which brings me to the only prediction I wrote down when we did speak, which was, Brian, you said the Jays would have less than 85 wins. Yes. And I said they'd have 85 or more wins. Yeah. Currently, they have 77 wins. Hold yeah. on. They have, no, sorry, they don't, they have 72 wins. Yeah. 87 losses. Uh, even if they sweep, they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be under that, they're going to be under that 85 threshold. Yeah. Um, it hurts me to say, it hurts me to say that, that, it hurts me to see that, hurts me to say that you're right, of course. But um, I don't know, I just, I expected, I, I expected to, them to be doing what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing right now, which they're 88 and 72, whatever. Um, yeah. I, I expect them to be a, one position better than where they are right now. I just thought that 
like the Rays have an ace, right? Like Snell is an ace, and he should be in the he should be in the Cy Young discussion for this year, right? Like hands down. I mean, the the Jays had possibly two aces start in the start of the season <laughs> in the start of the season in, in Sanchez and Stroman, which is crazy considering they're both not finishing the season with the team. I don't know if Sanchez will ever get right again. I don't know and, either. And you know what? I'm scared. I'm scared that he's going to end up being he, next year. He's going to come back. He's going to be. 500. He's going to be okay. He's going to have like a 12 and 12 record, an ERA of like four and a half, five. And then they're going to like slot him into the, the bullpen or they're going to trade him. And then he's going to be like a half DC. He's going to be like an Andrew Miller or something. <clears throat> That's what I'm scared of. I, I would be scared of that too because I definitely think players that blister a lot and like there's been studies that are like, well, the balls have changed. No, the balls really haven't changed. Things like that. So like part of me worries that like, is there just a certain amount of placebo effect? Like, is it just mm-hmm. part mental where like he thinks the balls have changed and it's just making it worse. Right. Or like, I don't know what's going on there, but he clearly can't last six innings right now. Like he clearly can't. But how do you go from throwing a baseball your whole life and not having the issue to one year and it happened to be the year after he asked the Blue Jays for a raise, and they declined. And all of a sudden, he's got these fucking blister problems. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm also curious about our pitching, uh, our pitching coaches. Like, I'm also curious if there's what, just something you that's watch been your tongue when it comes delivery. to Pete Walker. <laughs> that is a handlebar mustache, right from the '70s. You better watch what you fucking say about Pete Texas Walker. Listen, all I'm saying is that. Our starting rotation for the league seems to have the most issues. And back when we were competitive, back in what, the 2016 season, we were so good because our rotation, they were all healthy the whole year. Right. The last two years since then, it's been a curse. Like, it's been unbelievably bad. And I wonder if there's something that's changed in the coaching philosophy in, you know, the days off, what the players are doing that's affecting this. Because... It's been atrocious, and the only truly healthy player was Hap, and we dealt him, right? Right. So, but, excuse me, but he also had to go. Oh, yeah, I agree. He went to – you went – I don't want to say he went to resign. He seemed like a player that may have resigned with us, but I don't think we would have paid him the money that other teams would be willing to offer, and I don't think that what, money was worth it. What What, what is Jay Hap really going to get – he's not going to get $20 million. I bet money he signs. We'll start it right now. I bet money he gets seventeen million a year. Yeah, I, I kind of put him in the fifteen range. I think he's making eleven, ten, eleven right now. Yeah, I think so. he's yeah he's in the like eleven to thirteen but, million range. Well, what is he gonna get? He's not gonna get like a four year deal. He might get a three year deal. Yeah, three years, sixteen million a year, yeah. seventeen million a year. I like that's I, money that the Jays wouldn't pay him. Like, but but you know what? They they may because look what happened with fucking Jamie. Don't call me Jaime Garcia because. The guy, they paid him $10 million bucks. He had two quality starts, 13 non-decisions, and then ended up in the bullpen, and he was half-decent in the bullpen, and then didn't even finish the season with the Jays. Well, the thing with him that I always found intriguing was he was a former top prospect, right? Like, he was, always, he was touted to be the next big thing with the Cardinals when he was coming up, had a lot of injury issues, and then was finally healthy. So it was like, to me... 10 million that's the cap for risk right like that's like all right this is a big risk reward you know what if we lose out we lose out maybe we'll be able to deal him and get something back for him so it's like paying 10 million for a rental and a prospect right right so so you look at the blue jays great start to the season their best in eight years or something like that that's a lot of a lot of optimism 
maybe they can get 85 wins. Maybe they might get that playoff spot. Last year, it was um, the second wildcard team needed 85 points to get into the playoffs or something like that. Now the second wildcard has 97 points. Like, how crazy is that jump? That's huge. That's huge, huge. And it, 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 for, for those people that like baseball but don't really understand how much of a difference is, that's a $100,000 difference. That's going from having $1 in your bank account to having $100,000 in your bank account. Oh, it's massive. It's a huge jump to consider that was one, one the, the breaking point to get into the playoffs. Now, pe- teams that were getting first place were getting 97, 100, 102 points. Like that, that was, now the fucking Red Sox are going to run away with an a all-time most points in a season or some shit. Well, not most, I think no, 120 Seattle, is the most. Seattle yeah. has the most. I don't think they can catch Seattle, but they're right. close. But, yeah, but they're going to have like one of the, the best yeah. seasons ever. Yeah, it's nuts. Like a, the fact that – can we talk about Oakland for a second, mm-hmm. the athletics? The athletics, other than what, Chris Davis, who stands out on that team? Oh, nobody. It's it's unbelievable. It's like the Moneyball team all over again. It is. And Mike Fires. Well, they, they traded for Fires at the deadline. This guy's a career like, you know, nine plus K per nine, but like 4.5 ERA. Like he's never been an ace. Yeah. Sub three on that team so far. But, yeah, Chris Davis. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, Chris Davis. 46 homers so far. You know, and, 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 and they are the king of the Moneyball game. So they, oh, yeah. they can figure it out. But I mean, just, just I never would have thought that much. Though. Oh, I agree. I, I no one put Oakland in there. Lo- everyone put the other California team, the Angels, in there for yeah. sure. Angels are fucking doing. They're the Blue Jays of the fucking West. Yeah, they're major disappointment, mind you. They spent a lot of money too, and they're talking about giving uh, fucking excuse me, um, Trout a lifetime contract, the first time in baseball. Yeah. Uh, that one that one intrigues me. I don't I don't How? see that happening, but I see he's probably going to get like ten to twelve years, which is practically a lifetime right, contract. Right, right, right. But in if you're if if you're Mike Trout, if you're considered one of the his WAR is like above anything all time ever. Yeah. So there may be another player out there one day who comes close to it, but right now he's so far. Like, if he's number one, the number two is so far away. That you, you can't even, like, it would be a whole page, no, 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 no. The second page, no, 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 no. third page, you might have, like, the next person in line. His war is, like, so far ahead of that. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? I don't know how long they've been measuring war for, because I imagine back, like, Mike Trout reminds me of kind of the the young Ken Griffey Jr. The young Ken Griffey Jr. Solid in the outfield, not like Ken Griffey was a better outfielder than Trout was, but Trout is better all around at the plate than Griffey oh, was. Yeah. So, but plate a young Ken Griffey alone. was still a really but, good really listen, good player. I'd be curious on the war Ken for him. Ken Griffey Jr. would swing his swing discipline wasn't good. He would he would chase yeah, and like but, being with that prodigious power, you, yeah, you, you expect enough. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm going to look up, actually, okay. and see if Ken Griffey has a war. Okay, so I'm going to look into a couple stats for the Blue Jays. Um, the Blue Jays had a very interesting year this year. They had something like 13 rookies dressed, which was just like one or two rookies short of the record. Yeah, Which is nuts. wild. And, I mean, mind you, the, the rookies that are playing – it's exciting to watch. Their outfield has a chance of becoming a high level. I don't want to say elite, but a very good outfield. When you look at Grichik, 
who will probably be their star outfielder within the next year, year and a half. And then you have Anthony Alford waiting in the wings. You've got Jonathan Davis, who is showing why he's a high-level prospect. Also, Anthony Davis' brother-in-law, which... Sorry. Anthony Alford's brother-in-law, which I didn't know that. Mm. Um, and then you have Tascar Hernandez, who is right now probably Jay's MVP for the season. He's our next DH. <laughs> yeah, next DH for sure. Yeah, he's horrible in the field. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, he, he's... But the thing is, like, the, all the reports have been is, like, he's trying really hard. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to give him that. Who cares? Jose Batista wasn't a great outfielder. No. Didn't, no we didn't put him in DH for uh, more than, what, two or three games? But Batista at least had a cannon for an arm. Right. For For some of the time. Yeah, yeah, until he got a hurt. Exactly. Like, it was like, oh, he can't throw at all. Did Griffey have a war? Um, I didn't get there yet. Okay. I was like, I'm very curious. All I know is that, like, for most of the seasons looking, like, his uh, his on-base percentage was above 400 during his prime, like, or high 300. So that, that kind of falls in line with where Trout was. Um... A career war of eighty three point eight. I'm looking per season. I think I think I think um, Trout's is like one point one four or something like that. Yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be curious to see, like, because it's also when you look at career war, right? There's gonna be regression as players get older. All right, so just going over some quick stats. Uh, team leaders, we have Kevin Pillar with the top batting average on the team, which is heartbreaking because Kevin Pillar is not a strong hitter. Uh, two two forty eight. Oh. A very disappointing 248. Justin Smoke, 242. Uh, Hernandez, 237. And Solarte, 229, which is horrible. The, 239 is breaking Jose Batista's. Yeah. And he doesn't walk anywhere near as much as no. Batista did. Now, uh, right now, the Jays have four players with 20 plus home runs. Uh, Gritchick leads the team, tied with Justin Smoke with 25. Morales, 21. Hernandez at 20. And then Diaz. Brinking, Diaz, Solarte, both Brinking with 17 and 18, respectively. They they may get there. They may not. Like Diaz may get there. He'll probably play the, the next three games and chances of hitting two home runs in three games. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I You know, Smokey's average, I think, just because, what, he's got almost 100 walks on the year or something like that? Uh, give me a second. I can find it for I was you. Like, I was like, he's up there in walks. 80, 83. 83. So his on-base percentage is still very respectable. Still in the like, I'd say top third in the league. So you know, take you take that average. Like yeah. you take that average with the power. I bet he'd have more ribbies if you know we could get people on base in front of him. Mm-hmm. But that's been that's been a problem for the Jays this year. It's like the top of the order on base percentage is ugly at best. Right? Justin so. Smoke is a two thirty three career batter, so he's hitting above his career average, which is always a, it's always nice to see. Yeah, but it's still so low. It's still so so low. As I said, man, like when you put someone in the power position like that and they hit two forty, but they still can walk eighty times, like that means every other game they're getting a walk for you at least. Like they're yeah. still finding ways on base. They're still finding they're eating pitches. Like there's a lot of factors. Like I like smoke for those reasons, um, and he's a decent first baseman. You know, like, yeah, I think I, I think I think he's 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 in the range of um, average to good. And I think for that salary, oh, so bang for great. buck, he's 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 right there. Yeah. Um, also, too, it's you you go up and down that order, and you, you kind of wonder what's going to be left at the end of the season. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, okay, I want to get into transactions, uh, the trade deadline stuff. I just want to go over a, a couple more stats really quickly. Smoke leads a team in RBIs. Pilar with stolen bases. Uh, smoke with runs. Uh, OBS, Justin Smoke. Slugging percentage, Smoke. OPS, Smoke. Hits, Pilar. Doubles, Pilar. Triples, Hernandez. Walks, Smoke. Strikeouts, Hernandez. Caught stealing. Four guys tied it. Tied, whatever. <laughs> Justin Smoke, uh, games played, and Kevin Pilar with at bats. Here's the thing: the the Pilar and Smoke shared most of those. I believe that one of those two guys won't be on the team next year. I'm okay with that. I firmly believe this administration, the front office, will do what they can to trade Kevin Pilar. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think so too. And I and I heard some I heard Kevin Barker who I can't stand eighty percent of the time, but every now and then he just says something like, Oh shit, that's really interesting. Yeah. Kevin Barker said that uh, Kevin Plar has had over he's uh he's like the elder statement on the team now. He's been on the team longer than anybody else right now. Yeah. Um he's had over seven hundred um seven hundred at bats or games played or something like that. Yeah, seven hundred games played. He, you can you know what he is. He's not getting much better than what he is now. Yeah. Agreed. So I uh, it, it makes it makes me wonder, it's like what exactly do we need Ke- like Kevin Plar makes some spectacular catches in the outfield. But what else is he gonna do? So here's what I would say about Kevin Pilar. So you look at Kevin Pilar in the last four seasons he's played 140 plus games so he's been mr dependable mr reliable right he's not the same on the base pass even now than what he used to be like i don't see the same pop there in terms of speed Mm. and you wonder how much longer he can be a, a center fielder at that level right this is probably his best batting season he's ever had. right i agree sell high the, like that's, but that's what are you I really going to get for him? You're not going to get a ton. He's not an elite center fielder. Mind you, if it wasn't for Tampa Bay's um, Kiermaier, Kiermaier yeah, the, there's a good chance that he's not he's not winning gold glove in the AL East. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? The AL gold glove with Kiermaier and Buxton, yeah. like, Pilar may never win it. Like, the, right. the best chance is when Kiermaier gets hurt because Kiermaier is always injury-prone. I think he just fractured his foot, actually. Yeah. Well, and, so, and he plays in Tampa, too, which, I mean— if, if there's any comparison, Tampa, the Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay and the Sky Dome are the only two AstroTurf, yeah. whatever, fields in baseball. So that's a comparison. Kevin Pilar's putting his body on the line. He did suffer an injury this year with his shoulder, but I think it was out like a week. Yeah, exactly. Which was crazy downtime because said, they said about two weeks. but Yeah. So my, my thing is, is four seasons, player playing 140-plus games in four seasons in a row – that plays outfielder that lays their body on the line mm-hmm. as much as he does. I just don't see that happening. I think the older he gets, the more that body breaks down, the more injured he gets. I think it's you sell high now for even if you can land a top fifteen prospect, like right. you're you're happy. Well, you I probably get more than we got for Donald Donaldson. We'll get into that. I think if you, if you if you don't sell Pilar, then he either then you you probably most likely move Grichik to center field next year, move Kevin Pilar to right or left, and then you, you figure out what else you're going to do with him. Because I, I don't know if center field's going to be... I, the only thing is this guy's been on the team for a long time. You know, be, I guess he's considered a vet on the team. Him and Justin Smoke, Russell Martin, Morales, those guys will be around. Tulowitzki, I guess, is going to be around next year. Those guys will be the vets on the team. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, 
I, even if Kevin Pillar's mad, I, I don't really care. Yeah, like it, personally, I don't care. I didn't care when DeRozan was mad at the Raptors totally. for trading him. So. I'm, I'm laughing at that. I'm laughing at that still. Whenever yeah. I see a, a Demar anything Instagram post, like, bro, you still bitter? Yeah, you're still you're still making max money. Yeah, and you're going to contender. Oh, bro, chill. Yeah, chill, exactly. Bro. But uh, just getting back, whatever you do with Pilar, I'm okay with. If you, if you trade him, great. You probably won't. I don't. I can't see you getting a top fifteen, uh, maybe top twenty. But whatever you can get from, do it because I feel like he's holding back the team. The problem is, is that I think trading him in the off season, you're not going to get as much as trading him at a deadline. But even I mean, you got. But even then, it's even slimmer because only half the teams are going to care. Like I hate trading within division, but right. like the Yankees had so many outfielder issues right, at right. the deadline. Like it was like prime to get a ta- a higher prospect from a competing team. Yeah. that's chasing the Red Sox, and they care that much about that. The, like, the Yankees they did pretty good though. They 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 got better than Kevin Pillar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got I mean, Kutch, right? But yeah, if you, would they they paid a lot to get Kutch? Would we got a smaller package, like slightly smaller? Maybe they go for Pilar. Maybe because Kutch isn't the same player he used to be, anyway. I don't know, man. He he's been crushing crushing some bombs, and he's still intimidating. He's more of an intimidating bat in the lineup than Kevin Pilar. For sure, he may not be the defensive stud that Kevin Pilar is, but but those types of guys, we only name two guys better than him in the AL East. So really, like you know, yeah. that's that's that that kind of draws a line for me. Yeah. So and and New York, New York, New York's not beating teams with defensive plays. They're beating teams with the long ball. They're on pace to. I, I read it today. They're on pace to uh, either tie or break the record for most home runs by a team in a season. Over two hundred and sixty-three home runs. I remember the Jays when the Jays were on fire a couple of years ago. They hit two hundred home runs, and that was like hot news. Yeah. And I think, but I think the record for a team was like two sixty-three or something wild like that. Which is a crazy amount, mind you. They got some fucking mashers on the team. Stan, like Stanton, you have Sanchez, oh, uh, Judge, Judge, of course, Judge, uh, Gardner's still bombing. You know, like there's still tons of guys bombing there. Oh yeah, like uh, Greg Bird, like they have oh, a yeah. lot of power. All those guys lineup. mash. Andwar, yeah, Andwar has like what, like Andwar? Didi, Andwar? like Didi yeah. and Gregoria, like there's yeah, Gregorius has like Gregorius, they, they're yeah. all like thirty home runs. That's crazy. That 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 mind blowing. And, and the Jays are their top guys are hitting twenty five home runs, and that's like the max. But the Jays played a different game this year. And this is one of the things we're, I want to talk about Gibby, too. They didn't play long ball this year. They played small ball this year. Which I can appreciate. Which is what we're all begging for after Kansas City did it to us, did us dirty, and beat us to, to go on to win the World Series. That's what the Jays need to do. And instead, they're trying to mash. They, they couldn't mash, and they got beat by the small ball. They played small ball this year, which led a whole bunch of guys on without being cashed in. But fuck, man, it was, it was it was fun ball to watch because nothing breaks my balls more than a fucking strikeout with one guy, like a guy on third, guy on second. I, I, I It makes me so crazy. Why not just loop a single? Just loop a single, just move a guy around. You never know. The next guy might have better luck than you are. Like mm-hmm. It just kills me when a team can't play small ball. The Jays try to play small ball this year as a changeup, and I, I appreciated it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, you know, Obviously, you need a few power bats in a lineup. Like, it's always nice to even have a bench power bat, right? Like the Cubs. Who's the dude on the Cubs that, like, just pinch hits home runs all day? I'm trying to remember his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in He came in earlier this year and hit that pinch hit grand slam. It was, like, his second one in the season. The Cubs? Yeah. It's on the Cubs. Man, I'd have to look him up. But, like, it's nice to always have that available. 
But small ball matters, man. Small ball yeah. matters a lot. And just a heads up, uh, just quickly look at it. Justin Smoke last year hit 270 in his big year last year. So a difference of 20 points. And Kevin Plard hit 256, so a difference of like 16 points yeah. on his batting average. So de- both down seasons for the top guys in the Jays. And last year was a was a ridiculously bad season for the Jays. Yeah, well, and I think when you, you say down seasons from last year, but like last year was well above the career norm. For both, for of them, both right? those guys, yeah, both so, those guys had big seasons. Yeah. There was regression that you would anticipate with both of them. Okay, Brian, let's talk a little bit about some transactions that happened for the Jays. Um, do you want? Do you want? Do you want to go back to the trade deadline? Where, where do you want to go? You want? Know let's get the big one out of the way. Let's talk Donaldson first, and then we can go through like O and a bunch of and Hap and all those deals. Okay, right? because the big one, the big one, we need to get out of the way, and that's Donaldson and. When we traded him, I was just like, player to be named later. I was right. like, you know what? I'm okay with the player to be named later because there's probably a ton of stipulations. It's probably like yeah. if Cleveland re-signs him, then we get a better player. Right. If he plays the whole playoffs, then we get a better player. Like, there's probably a bunch of stipulations. I'm like, right. he's on a contender. He's with Edwin again. I think Donaldson rebounds in Cleveland. Okay. I think he's got an excuse to re-sign. Okay. So I'm like, yes, we're going to get, like, a top five prospect. Cleveland's got a couple young pitchers that look good. Even Bieber, Shane Bieber. Yeah, yeah. Like, he looks really good. I'm like, Pitch really well against the Jays when they yeah. play. Yeah. I'm like, we could get, like, a good, like, potentially top of the top of the rotation arm back. And then, like, two weeks later, we find out we're getting a guy coming off Tommy John surgery that his ERA in the minors is like 5.6 yeah. or something absurd. Lower on the depth chart, too. I think yeah. 15th overall. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, so the reason why um, they issue it as a player to be named later, later is something to do with clear, not clearing waivers, but like clearing the 40-man roster or something like that. They can't release oh. who it is. I, I heard Mike Wilner talk about it on the radio. It kind of made it a little bit of sense, but they knew who it was. They just couldn't release who it was. Um I can't remember his name. Middlebury or something like that. Yeah, I honestly, Honeycomb or something. I, don't yeah, know, I honestly but, don't know his name. Yeah, but I mean, another arm. Like, I really, I feel like it. It's probably one player too short in a deal. Like, they, there should have been two guys in that deal. Agreed. For for a, a league MVP two years removed. Granted, coming off a lot of injury time, but still, like, still a masher, still intimidating, still. Good to have a guy like that in the lineup. Yeah. 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 And he's a good clubhouse guy. Like yeah. a lot of guys love wants him, to love win. the intensity. Yeah. Love it, right? And, and so. who who doesn't want a guy on your team who wants to win? Yeah. Like he's not there. I mean, he's not just there for the paycheck. He's there to win. Yeah. And 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 nobody goes to Cleveland because they love the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the <laughs> fucking Browns or anything like that. You know, you only go to Cleveland if they're gonna contend. I would rather live in Detroit than Cleveland. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so Donaldson, I think we can both say we're not happy with the deal. I saw a lot of stuff on social media, people saying they should trade him in the offseason, should trade him at the end of last season. I get it, but you didn't know what this season was going to be exactly. You, this team was either going to be possible playoff, second uh, wild card playoff berth, or it was going to be a repeat. But you didn't know for sure, so why risk Donaldson? Who knew he's going to have a dead arm at the start of the season? Who knew all those things? It was impossible to find out, and we got our answer that it was going to be another tank season. So... The only time you yeah. can trade him is when he wasn't injured. He was injured for two-thirds of the season. He, As soon as he was healthy enough to trade, they traded him. And they didn't get a lot for him, but they got something for him. 
Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, I would rather get something for him than nothing. I've always been that of that mindset. But if you, but if they held on to him and he signed somewhere else, they could have got a draft pick out of them. Just fucking dealt him last year. I know. Like, but I, I was calling know, for but it. You didn't know. But you, you, you didn't what know. What do you mean you didn't know? You knew the direction of the Jays by middle of last season. You knew the direction I, they were going. I, I think. If, I think if they didn't sign Jaime Garcia, they signed someone a little bit more decent. I think maybe. The, the season, you get 10 more wins on the season. I think it's a different season. I, I disagree. That, put, that puts about 82 wins. That uh, I mean, that doesn't even put them in. That puts them in the actually same position. It actually yeah. puts them in the same yeah. position. <laughs> I was like, uh. I, I, I disagree. I don't, and I don't know, like, other starting arms that we could have got around the same price or a little bit more. Uh, like, I think you either pay a premium or Which they could have done, too. They had the money to do it. Uh, yeah, good luck okay. with this with, Good luck uh, okay. with this franchise. Okay. And also, they knew the direction they're going. They're not going to sign a, yeah. a top-flight arm. They're trying to tank. They're, like, they're trying to respectably tank that's exactly what it is right like but you you got a lot you got a lot of young guys who need to get reps you know yeah and this is what houston did a couple years ago and it's fine like look look how good it is for houston houston's on the brink look at atlanta another one atlanta man double a might get that world series before before batista gets it (laughs) okay Uh, let's keep going okay so the jays traded donaldson to the cleveland indians um they traded granderson to milwaukee which I didn't know that even happened. I'm, I was fine with it. Yeah, it's it's probably ideal. Like, yeah, he's they need to do thirty-seven something. years old. They release uh, Jaime Garcia, which is always nice to see. Um, let's see here. Oh, we traded O away. Oh yeah. Okay, so can we, can we talk about Osuna? Osuna? Oh yeah. Is it too Osuna to talk about it? No, no, it's not too Osuna. To okay. About it. So first things first. The Trump Blue Jays trade Roberto Osuna. To the Houston Astros for Giles and a prospect. Ken, Ken Giles and a prospect. Um, he pitched the other day, Polino. Yeah. Guy's like six foot seven. Yeah. Huge. Was sweating up a storm in his first game pitching. <laughs> it didn't do great, but there's a lot of potential in him. Yeah, for sure. I, w- I like the trade. I like the trade for the Blue Jays. I do too. Gets, it, gets him out of the Osuna hot water. It get, it, and. As much as Toronto fell in love with Osuna because they loved the the bromance between him and Martin, he closed games. That was a fucking garbage fire that you need to get away from. Oh, it's a nightmare, dude. Like, dude beat his wife, allegedly. allegedly. He took a peace bond. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so I was talking with a client of mine who's, in, who's a Metro Toronto police officer who saw the report. Allegedly saw the report. She said to me, because I, 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 made, I made a statement on social media because I was actually a little disgusted with the Toronto sports fans because they more or less booed him. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't disgusted because they booed him. I was kind of grossed out with the fact that they kind of jumped to conclusion. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Osuna didn't do it, and I'm not saying he did do it. I'm saying we don't really know because, A, this guy's been a superstar or, a, let's say, a sports celebrity since age of 16. He's had money since the age of 16. Mm-hmm. He comes from money. I'm saying that sometimes bitches be crazy. <laughs> and, and maybe they see, she see, maybe, maybe she got pushed. Maybe he got angry and he hit something off the table that accidentally hit her. I don't know what exactly happened. And I, I don't want to be put in the position to make excuses. And I apologize for making excuses for him. I'm just saying we don't know all the details. And people are just booing him because they, they, just, they heard, oh, he beat his wife. Maybe he didn't beat his wife, though. 
I, I agree. I, I 100% agree that we live in a society today that, you know, it's trial by social media. Right. Uh, you know, we don't wait for any sort of verdict or any sort of investi- investigation to happen, right? Um, I think the MLB probably reacted too soon, and I don't know how good their internal investigation was themselves, right? So I agree there. People booing because of that. I would be booing Osuna because, to be honest, he has always had issues like mental health issues, anxiety issues, things like that, where he was constantly missing games, everything like that. And he's coming back and I never really liked the guy anyways. So now that he's coming back, fuck this guy. Right. Right. That's why I would be booing him. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'd be booing him. Let's look at some of the facts too, right? He didn't request a trade. Toronto decided to, I guess, uh, be very cautious about the situation and just get him out as opposed to anything. got a decent package for him. You know what? I got to say, I mean, Osuna is, he is a good piece to any team. He's a guy who's used to pressure, who can perform under pressure, um, throws heat, has a couple tricks. Giles is that as well, too. Giles has heat, a little bit more experience. But Osuna's a free agent after the season. So Houston may or may not resign him. The Jays probably won't resign him. But you still have Giles for under control for another two seasons. Yeah. You're paying him a, a decent amount of money. The guy's got a ton of experience. Played with the Phillies when the Phillies were good. Played played in Houston. You know, like, the guy's got a ton of experience for being a younger guy, plus got, a, got him under control. And as he's proven uh, as a Jays closer, he hasn't blown a save yet. Yeah, he hasn't blown a save yet. And, like, he's been on record saying that being in Houston sucked. Like, he's been on record saying that there's something wrong with that clubhouse. Like, it just, it was just not the right fit for him, which is beautiful. When a guy has two years left, he's young, and he's potentially a back-end option. Maybe not even closer for us. Who knows what the rest of our pitchers do? Who knows what happens with Sanchez? Maybe he becomes a bullpen guy. Maybe. You never know, right? right? So... When you see that, you're like, oh, good. This guy could be with us. Like, he could be our Fernando Rodney. He could be that guy that's around forever with us. And it it looks like it might be a nice fit for now. It might be a nice fit until not next season, but the season after that. If the Jays need a piece, he might be good trade bait. I mean, it's hard to believe that he's going to continue this pace next year. But as it looks right now, he's finishing a bad season for him really, really strong. And I'm happy for the guy that – because so many times guys fucking come to Toronto after being in a dead spin for so long, and they just continue to suck. Yeah. He's turned it around. Like, remember who was the guy that they picked up the deadline a couple years ago um, from Seattle, uh, middle reliever, Benoit? Joaquin Benoit? Joaquin Benoit, yeah. And and they're like, ah, oh, this is kind of like a fluffer deal. And they got for Stroman. <laughs> and then he was a stud. And then he was a stud. And then, and then they, I think they traded him the following year. Yeah. They, they got two returns on him. Like, good st- like, I like it when Toronto actually can get a guy in a trade who is p- potentially damaged and turn him around. Yeah. Um, let's keep moving along. The Jays uh, pick Sen up. Wang O. Yeah. Yeah, okay, they, I don't have that in front of me, but yeah, they traded him to St. Louis, right? No, the Rockies. No, the Rockies, Rockies yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything. He's been great for the Has Rockies. Has he? Okay. Good. Yeah, man, Wade Davis uh, Wade Davis at the, was a good acquisition for the Rockies. He's one of the leaders in saves for them for the year, mm-hmm. but his ERA is like 4.05 or something like that, right? And part of that could be workload-based. 
Like, Wade Davis has always been a stud. I mean, playing in Colorado never helps any pitcher's right, ERA. Right, right. But, like, to go from a sub two, like, career ERA to over four, that's a big jump, <laughs> right? But he's got, like, 40 saves or something absurd. So getting another solid arm in that bullpen that can maybe take some of the wear off Davis, I think that's a huge move for the Rockies. Yeah. And the Rockies, they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, and I, I think a little bit of veteran experience never hurts either, yeah. too. Even though his English isn't great, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, something I want to bring up is that it's a it's a little footnote, but Jay sign off waivers. Mark Leiter Jr., nephew of Blue Jay great Al Leiter. I I love I love this second generation movement that the Jays are doing. Yeah, it's grab really cool. any guy whose dad played because like, Mark Leiter <laughs> Senior played as well. I think he played for the Yankees. Um, I no, he didn't play for the Yankees, but whatever, it doesn't matter. I love the fact that the lineage is there. Yeah. Soon we'll get a new Borders and then a oh new Allerud, yeah, and then yeah, we'll yeah. just you know we'll remake it. There won't be there won't be a Roberto Alomar Jr. <laughs> because he likes the boys. <laughs> um, how do you feel about Joe Biagini? Uh, we we talked about Biagini before. Like I thought he burst onto the scene for us out of nowhere, mm. right? And I I like him, but I think. He, better bullpen guy i've always said better bullpen guy every time we try to stretch him out to a starter starter i'm like you know what that's good but like he's a good middle reliever like he's perfect for like hey we need someone to fill two innings let's use this guy right like he's got that kind of stuff he's not dynamic enough to be a starter like to me he's got what one good pitch one plus pitch and then a bunch of okay pitches as a starter, you only have one plus pitch in this league. You're getting lit up, especially in the totally. AL East, yeah, especially yeah. when half your games are played at the Rogers Center, which is very hitter friendly. Oh man, I have lost my uh, my uh, different transactions that happen here. Okay, uh, let me throw another name out at you, uh, Lord Escorial Jr. How much do you love him? I love him a lot. I would marry him right now. I, uh, I've i always thought he was going to be a great player. So his brother, like two years ago, Yuli, had said he's a better player than me. And I thought Yuli's a good player. Yuli is what you would wish you could get out of Solarte. Right, like, yeah. Like that's who I always envisioned Yuli get being. And he was always kind of like a one-basement, ba- third-basement, like a Travis Shaw type player. And then they threw him at second for a bit. Houston, and it was like, oh shit, he can actually play some second base, and he's not bad. Like he's not great, not but, great, no. But neither is Solarte, and he's still a three hundred batter, right? So like, I've liked Yuli for that, but I always thought he was overrated for being a stud. Like Yuli was never going to be the star of the lineup, right, right, right. But him being that good and saying that his brother is better than him always to me was like, ooh, that, that makes me excited totally. for this kid. Uh, Sean Reed Foley. The jury's still out, right? Yeah. Like, it's been a mixed bag for him, like, watching him. You know, he's had a couple great starts. Like, he had a good start against the Yankees. Really good, yeah. But great he, great uh, ball control, too. He saw that ball. Dang, like, it remind, he reminded me a lot of Marcus Stroman. Good Marcus Stroman. Yeah. yeah. And um, But he only lasts, lasts like, he, he wastes a lot of pitches outside the zone and i don't think that's a control issue i think that's intentionally mm. trying to get people to bite outside the zone right and he'll be at 90 pitches in the fifth inning and it's like shit man he's not getting deep enough into games okay fine but i mean even if he gives you five quality innings and then you turn it over the if you look at the bullpen at the middle of the season 
you put Biagini in there for two innings, you put Tapera in there, and then you close it off, you might be in a good spot. So what you're saying is that getting quality starts... There's a reason why quality start is at the end of the sixth. So yeah. You have to complete six. You know innings. what? And and that's a fair <laughs> argument. But you, you have some guys like uh, if we want, let's, let's talk about like the Jays starting rotation 2.0, where you have a guy like Panone in there. You got a guy like um, Baraki. Baraki, thank you. Uh, Sean Reed Foley. Like there's three starters in there who are the, are, are the Jays starters of the future, who looked really really good. Panone alone. Cologne's been Panone's been surprising. I, I I feel like I feel if you look at a rotation next year with let's say a healthy Strowman, I won't put Sanchez in it because he might get the Donaldson treatment. But <laughs> but even if you have those four guys and then you sign some, I don't know if you get to sign a Hap again or whatever happens for that fifth starter. I feel pretty comfortable with that. You those guys getting those reps in there. Uh, Baraki I like, but he kind of. I, I always feel like he might be too good to be true. I feel like there's a part of him that, like next year, if he was to get 24 starts, you're looking, you're going to see a much different story written about him. I am curious because to me, when I watch him, he looks like he could be like some days he looks like he's like Aaron Nola. Right. And statistically, like if you look at Aaron Nola when he was coming up in his rookie season, like the stats are very similar, like, and I'm like, ooh, this this excites me. And then other times I watch him, I'm like, oh boy, oh look who we got on the phone. Okay, we got Andrew Lupa calling in, or we're gonna, we're gonna ignore him. We're gonna talk to him in a couple minutes. Let's wrap some <laughs> of this stuff up real quick. How do you feel overall about a guy like Dwight Smith Jr.? I I don't mind him. Yeah, I don't mind him. Um, I feel good, but I don't feel great. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? He might be the fourth guy in the outfield. Yeah, and I'm okay with that, right? Like, I think when you got Bichette in the infield, you got Vladdy in the infield, you got a bunch of these guys who, you know, they defensively they're going to need work, but offensively they're ready. It's nice to have a player that you're like, uh, offensively needs some work, defensively he's pretty good, so... I don't know, man. Like when I watch when I watch a lot of our, our young outfielders, like Pompey is a perfect example of someone where I've been like for years. I've been like, dude, yeah. like he's yeah. great in the field, but his bat's not ready. I know, and I don't, I don't, I don't think know what it'll ever be. Yeah, I think he's gone soon. Yeah. Uh, Roddy Telez. Oh, great start, great start. Oh, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, is is that David Ortiz? Yeah. Is David Ortiz playing for the Blue Jays? Honestly, the guy, yeah, the guy could not do any wrong. I mean, I th- just just can hit. Just can make contact, and w- yeah. which the Jays have been asking for. Uh, I want to. I just want to fast forward a couple more. Uh, Reese McGuire slash Danny Jansen. Uh, I like good Jansen. Pro- good, more. Problem have, good problem yeah. to have. Good problem to have. Good problem to have. Right, but you know, Jansen offers more two way upside. I think than McGuire. What do you do with Solarte? I think the experiment of young Jarvis Solarte is over, and I think he's failed as a Blue Jay. I think he, fans kind of like him, but I don't see much more out of him. I, he's if he sticks around, it's got to be on the bench, right? Like yeah. he can't play as much. Just given like next season, you got Bichette, who's probably going to be. I'm going to guess Bichette's going to be our everyday second baseman oh. after after May. And wow. same with, I'm going to guess that instead of shortstop, they're going to have him at second. I'm yeah, going to say they'll so have him there, and then I'm going to say 
once again in May, once once you know they get their usage time in the minors, Vladdy's our yeah. everyday third baseman, right? So where are we going to put Solarte? I agree, and and, and the crazy Diaz thing is, is they signed him shortstop. Yeah, and I, and they signed Solarte to a three year deal, and I don't know if you you try to trade him or do something with him. I mean, the, the guy's numbers look decent, but whatever. Yeah, I want to spend the last couple minutes before we Maybe. end this thing. We got to talk about the captain. Got to talk about. Maybe in most, I guess, notable fields, Gibby is ranked number two, only behind the great Cito Gaston, John Gibby, John Gibson, uh, Gibbons. Thank you. Um, six weeks ago, uh, a leak came out. Sources on the radio today said that they believe it was from the top, yeah. right from um, uh, Shapiro, right, right from the Shapiro's mouth, saying. Gibby won't return, kind of built up. I, I feel like a lot of diehards saw this happening anyways. I was fine with it. I think I, I think everyone's fine. I think he's at peace with it. I think everyone's yeah. fine with it. What are your thoughts with John, about John Gibbons? I was like, to me, there's a few things with Gibbons. I've always thought Gibbons is a good player manager. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone agrees players like playing for him. But just because players like playing for you does not mean that you're the right fit for a team. And when you had a team of a bunch of guys like Batista, Encarnacion, Donaldson, Tulo, who are all vets, they want a player's manager. Right. They need a player's manager. They don't want to get yelled at. Yeah, and they need that player's manager. They've grown-ass men. But when you've got a very young team, I think player's managers can stunt the growth of young teams. And he's also historically not been good with managing arms. Right. That's been his biggest weakness is knowing when to go to the bullpen, knowing when to yank a pitcher. It's always I think, been a big problem. I think he, he was better towards the end, but never great. No. Never great with right? him. So, but, like, I, I never hated him, but I just always thought that we could do better. You know, it's weird because back, I remember when they re-signed him, and I thought they had re-signed or they uh, brought back John Fergosi. Would you remember that guy? That yeah. was he was a joke and a half. I didn't think he had any baseball experience, but I was like, why would they hire him? And then I, I later realized it wasn't. But there's a reason why you bring a guy like that back, and it's because he left some kind of impression. And I think this second term, he's left that impression on Jays fans. Yeah. And I think for the most part, he'll always be looked back at, at as one of the better coaches. Because I think if you looked before John Gibbons, you had. Cito for sure, which will be all, he'll be the all-time, always coach for the Blue Jays. Then Bobby Cox. Yeah. And then everybody else. Well, in the vacancy, I'm curious who we're going to fill it with. Man, I'm but so curious. We did, one of our farm teams, New Hampshire, did win. They did. They, they did cr- win. They crushed the and, East League. And a bunch of those guys are coming up, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know what? Like, is it time for a promotion? Like, do we bring someone up? Possibly. Because maybe if they crushed at that level, that maybe, maybe they're playing. But the team's also really good, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree. I, I agree. It'll be interesting. Um, so I want to share a quick story. I was driving into work yesterday, and I and I was listening to the radio, and and uh, Jeff Blair was going off about it, talking, of about, talking about Gibbies and blah, 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 just giving him this, like, beautiful long blowjob. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But let's not get crazy here. Yeah. Like, you didn't win shit, John Gibbons. Like, let's don't get me wrong. Nice guy. Would love to crack some beers with him. People people talk about him like he's Madden or Lasorda or yeah. something like that. And it's not like, him. What? No. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, okay. We we had two good runs. We had three. We had that 2012 season, they're picked to win the World Series. That shit didn't happen, okay? Yeah. John Gibbons was a really nice guy, first and foremost. Number two, players liked him. Number yeah. three was a good but not great coach or manager. Yeah. So I, I had this hard time. With like talk like talking to Jeff Blair about this on the radio, here's here's where I ha- what happens. I'm waiting on the line 20 25 minutes. The uh, producer co- pops on. He's like, "Hey, you're on. You're on next. Great." All of a sudden, my mind goes blank. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like "What the fuck?" I had all these things I wanted to say. I, I wanted to say, you know, like I'm excited. I'm excited that he's leaving because I'm excited to see what happens next. Although I want to know Jeff Blair's favorite John Gibbons moment. And, uh, and I was going to share my favorite John Gibbons moment, which was when he stuck up for Troy Tulowitzki after, after the writers were beating up on Tulowitzki. Tulowitzki hits like two home runs, gets three RBIs in a game. He goes, you know, this goes out to all those Tula haters. Suck on this. You know, and he says that, right? And the place goes crazy. So my mind goes blank. Jeff Blair's like, uh, Anthony Mississauga, what's up? I'm like, uh, hey, I just want to share my thoughts with, uh, on John Gibbons. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of happy to see him gone. And Jeff Blair goes, "Yeah, okay." I'm like, uh, "Yeah," and uh, that line of <laughs> that line with Tulowitzki to suck on this, <laughs> then the line goes dead. <laughs> they come. Uh. They come out there. My line goes blank. Everything in my mind gets turned around. My dyslexia goes to a hundred, <laughs> and I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Uh. And I just, I just, I just blurt out. Yeah, we told Tulowitzki to suck on this, and I was like, "Oh my god, fuck!" <laughs> the whole day I was shook by it. I fucking oh, oh so embarrassing. Anyways, that's amazing. If you fuckers heard that out there on the radio, then I'm sorry. He's not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Yeah, it's a oh, little bit of stage fright. It happens. Oh, okay. So we're gonna end this podcast now. We got Aaron Schloop on the line. Uh, he has no idea about baseball. He's barely watched one game. So we're not going to get him in, but we are going to start our hockey podcast in a minute. So thank you so much for tuning in. This is probably the last Blue Jay edition of the season. Brian, are you in our pool, the Not After 30 pool? Of course. Okay. That's won a trophy. baseball pool already this That's year. right. You did win a big one, too. Yeah. But this is the best one, i got to say. Look at this beautiful trophy. It's yeah. ready to go home. Danielle's going to love it. Yeah, totally. She'll, <laughs> yeah. she'll definitely make me put it in the office. <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry, my bad. All right, so for Brian... The Toronto Blue Jays, thank you so much for tuning in and checking us out. Uh, This is an After 30 podcast, Blue Jay edition for 2018, signing off. Let's put 2018 to bed. 2019 is going to be better. I promise. Well, 2019 will be the same, but yeah, probably the be same. The promise of young of youth coming. We'll forward. be here to break it down for you. Fuck, we did 50 minutes. Yeah. Good for you. Ah. Go Blue Jays. Go Blue Jays. <laughs>